Are you ready to be a better, more successful, and open-minded trader and investor? I'm Serge Berger, head trader and investment strategist at thestudytrader.com, and I want to help you get there. Whether you've been investing for years or are just getting your feet wet, this podcast will help you cut through the noise and get dialed in on the big picture. We will utilize research, guest interviews, and real-time analysis of the market. We're at a critical juncture in the market where knowledge really will mean power. Are investors too aggressively invested in the stock market is what we are going to discuss today. Hey, everybody. Serge Berger here. I'm your host of the Steady Wealth Podcast. Excited to be here. It's still summer. It's getting hotter and hotter out still. And what we're also noticing is that the com complacency among stock market investors seems to be skyrocketing as well, or at least steadily inclining still from where we were about uh, a year ago. So what I'd like to talk about today is something that I've been thinking about and tracking for years. But what sparked the actual topic today was an article in the Wall Street Journal from last week. And I, I forgot what it was called. It was something about like stock market, stock market, like investors, retirees specifically being too much allocated to stocks. And so what I thought we would uncover here today is I think everyone's aware of the potential reward of the stock market allocations. I think a lot of people are forgetting what are the risks? And so what I'd like to do here today is talk about the potential risks. Now, I'm not talking about risks in terms of what's the risk of a stock, but the way people are allocated to stocks. So in no particular order, let's start off with one statistic. So if you look at the past, I'm going to say from 2009 up until about 2021, we had a very rampant bull market. In fact, it was about 15% per year on average, it's an average number for the 12 year period, again, from roughly 09 to let's call it late 2021 is what the S&P 500 returned on an annualized basis. It's an average number. That means there were some years that were certainly less, some years a lot more, but on average 15%. And on average, if you look back more like a 90 or at this point, almost a hundred year look back, the S&P tends to return closer to, I'm going to call it 7 or 8% per year. That's a bit more normal. So we've had a way above the mean kind of return for the past 10 years, which is but one of the reasons why we're starting to see among retirees in particular. And, and obviously, the retirees right now are baby boomers, or many of them are. But this actually starts at age 50 and maybe even younger. Now, obviously younger investors tend to have a higher quota of equities because they have a longer time until they retire so they can stomach more volatility. That's exactly what I'm trying to get at. Follow me through this. I'm gonna make a few points and I think it's gonna start to be very clear. So my goal at the end of this little podcast is I would like everyone to rethink their allocation to equities, particularly if you are aged 50 and over. If you are 55, 60, 65, 70, 75 plus, absolutely, this is even more important for you. And I've got a couple of charts that I'm going to talk about for those people that are watching this 
out on YouTube. I will show you those charts as well as always. It doesn't matter if you can't see the charts, if you're on one of the Apple podcasts or Spotify, I will describe it to you just as well. So just don't worry there. So let's start unpacking this a little bit. So I started off the chat here today talking about the risks of having a bull market mentality basically through thick and thin. Now, again, we've had a 10-year bull market, or call it a 12-year bull market from 09 to 21, and a lot of people got more and more bullish because, well, stocks go up every time, right? And then, of course, the Fed bails you out when something bad happens. At the same time, interest rates have been on a decline for 40 years, right? In the early 1980s, interest rates peaked as we came out of the 70s. Then they gyrated around. We had a sea change, and then rates went, went had a long-term up trajectory. And then in the 1980s, started declining sharply all the way through the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, all the way into basically uh, 2020, or 22, actually, and then actually late 21. And then they started rising. And of course, we know what happened since then. We've had a massive rally in bond yields. So essentially, there's an entire generation, and I'm going to argue probably a couple of generations, that are just not attracted to bonds. And I'm not here to drum the beat the drum on just being a bond investor only by no means. But essentially, that's what's happened. We've had a lot of people have no empirical evidence, unless they're professionals, of course, in the, in the market, to invest in bonds. And I, of course, I would disagree with that, but they're looking at the lower and lower returns that over the course of a 40-year period throughout their career and most and literally their, most of their lives have just been a fact, right? Lower bond yields. So that gets us back to the investing cohort that I'm mostly talking about right now. But again, it also extends into younger generations. But I'm going to particularly talk about the baby boomer generation. So if you're not a baby boomer, this is just as relevant to you because maybe you have a baby boomer parent or a baby boomer friend or an uncle or whatever. Um, or a child, depending on, on how old you are. So here's the thing. So for the most of the baby boomers' careers and lives, they've had lower interest rates. And the stock market did really well. Why did the stock market do so well for the baby boomers? For one, there's still a lot of basically post-war, World War II economies are booming. That, believe it or not, that had a, has a, like a 40-year effect plus 40, 50 year effect workforce, right? The baby boomers themselves, the demographic of more people growing US economy, growing global economy has acted very well for the stock market. Then in the 1970s, the advent of the 401k, a self-directed and people became more self-directed investors in the United States. And the United States has really always been an equity culture, at least many decades back. So baby boomers are stock market investors. And in fact, Many more baby boomers than other generations or have over the past 20, 30 years turned into self-directed investors. Self-directed investors, according to statistics, particularly baby boomers, are much more prone to over-allocate to equities. So let's be very clear on that. Baby boomers in general already, based upon what I just said, are overly allocated to stocks because their empirical evidence through their lives is that stocks go up and bonds are crap, right? Bond yields go down and they're making less and less money with that. So if they have an investment advisor who's got a mandate to be more balanced, maybe they have some bonds, but the self-directed investors who we've seen a big rise of that, the do-it-yourselfers, the part-time do-it-yourselfers, 
they're basically all in stocks. And when I say all, they're probably 80, 70 to 80 plus percent on stocks. And I've seen some, some, some things that um, are astonishing and, and, and quite frankly, scary. And we see this every month. We see people come to us over at Blue Marlin Advisors with people that are 70, well over 70, well over 80 with portfolios that are literally all stocks, like 90% or 100% stocks. And so here's their rationale. Their rationale is, again, again, I've lived through my life and the stock market's always gone back up and made new all-time highs. And in fact, there's out there, people out there basically running entire gazillion dollar asset management companies based around that. And that is correct. Stocks in the United States, and let's be clear, this is US stock market math and maybe Europe math, it has been true. Where I think the real big mistake is being made right now, and this is really what I'm, the whole point of this podcast here today, is that when I see someone at the age 65 plus or 60 plus, or quite frankly, even 50 plus, having an allocation to equities that's north of 70 or 80%, what they are forgetting is volatility. Okay. So, let me describe a couple of charts for you. For those people that are on YouTube, I'm going to show you this now. So give me just one quick second. And as always, I'm going to flip on over to one of my screens. And what I'm going to show you here in just a second and describe to you is just a couple of model portfolio examples that um, I think are going to uh, make a lot of sense to people when it comes to risk management. So let me show you this, the entire screen, and here we go. All right, so let me walk you through this. Again, if you're on YouTube, you're gonna be able to see this chart. So all I did, and what I'm gonna show you right now, is I created essentially three model portfolios, three simple portfolios. One portfolio is 100% allocated to stocks. That's portfolio one which is again, what a lot of investors have. Portfolio number two is a 50-50 allocation. So 50% stocks, US equities, and 50% total US fixed income. Portfolio number three is 40% US equities, 30% US bonds, and 30% gold. And this mix here, neither the 50-50 nor the 30-40-30 that I described are meant to be advice or anything. I'm just trying to sh get through an important point. So portfolio number one, which is the all equity portfolio. And again, this is the risk, right? Absolutely has done the best. It's done the best. There's no doubt about it. In fact, it's done the best by a lot. And that's good, right? That's, it's good to be investing in growth. And there's a lot of people that are now currently underwater they feel, or they have to catch up to, to retire and greed comes into play. And when that happens in an investor's mind, what ends up happening is that they're forgetting about the risk and they're prone. Those investors are prone to make the potentially the biggest mis financial mistake of their lives by now being this much in stocks. And here is why. So let me walk you through this. So if I look at the 10 year record, the 10 year return of um, portfolio number one and, and 10 year, actually 10 years, is maybe not a good example because we've had an extraordinary equity market. Let's go with the full data set that actually goes back all the way to 1990. 
Okay. So the early 1990s. So the full track record, annualized return for portfolio number one, this is important now, which is all stocks is 9.8%. Portfolio number two, which is 50% equities, 50% bonds has a 7.5% annualized return. And portfolio number three, which is again, 40% equities, 30% fixed income, 30% gold has a seven and point seven and a half. So now you might be saying to yourself, okay, surge between seven and a half on portfolio two and three and 9.8 on the all stocks portfolio percent annualized return. That doesn't seem like that big, Look, it is a big deal. But here is the thing that I think a lot of people are forgetting. So let's look at what this means in terms of volatility. There's various different ways of measuring volatility, but, but let's get to it. So the worst year, the absolute worst year or a maximum drawdown, let's go by drawdown, which meaning like from peak to trough loss of a portfolio is as follows. Portfolio number one, which is the all stocks portfolio had a 50% drawdown, 50. So if you had a, if you had a, a $200,000 portfolio and you're going to retire, it's now half of that. Okay. You know what that means? That means you have to make a hundred percent to get back to break even. Now, if you're 30 years old or 40 or 50, that's not so bad, but what if you're 65 and it can take, by the way, 10 years, and I'll show you this for this to actually happen. And this is where I think people are potentially, and I think a lot of baby boomers are making the absolute, potentially making the absolute worst mistake of their, of, of their lives financially. If you compare this to portfolio number two, so portfolio number one, the all equities portfolio had the worst drawdown, which was 50%. Okay. So half just completely decapitated portfolio number two, which is balanced between 50% equities and 50% bonds. The worst was 25%. That's not fun either, but 25% down is a lot better than being 50% down. Okay. And then portfolio number three, which has 30% equities and the rest divided up into stocks and bonds had the absolute worst drawdown being 19%. Okay. I can, I can give you the numbers here also on an, on within the year. It's less, of course, like the worst drawdown for portfolio number three was 12% for a calendar year, 16% for portfolio number two and 37% for uh, the all stocks portfolio. And again, there's very different ways of many different measuring this if, for, for those of you that are a bit more quantitatively oriented, the standard deviation is about 15% for the all stocks portfolio. And I'm going to call it half for the other two portfolio portfolios, which, which of course is, is really good. So what this is get us to, this gets us to a extremely dangerous situation that I think a lot of baby boomers are in. And here is why, let me just be a bit more visual and, and, and optically bringing out a bit of the awareness here. So here's the thing, as I said before, if you're 50 years old and you have a portfolio that draws down 50% because it's in all stocks, you have to make back hundred percent. You're 50. So maybe in 10 years, which is a long time, but nonetheless, maybe it's back to that full break even point that's 10 years later. So you've had, if that happens, basically a lost decade. For those people that are on YouTube, I'll show you another chart here. And again, I'm going to talk about it. So you're not going to lose anything if you're not watching this on YouTube, but there have been periods in time when the stock market did nothing but go sideways. For example, from the year 2000 to the year 2013, the 
S&P 500 had what's called a 12-year, 12-year secular bull mar bear market. What does that mean? It did zero, zilch, not a nothing for 12 years, right? Now, if you are 30, 40 years old, maybe 50, if the market, if your portfolio does nothing for you because you're in all stocks, right? And thus you're basically exposed 100% to a secular bear market, it's not the end of the world. It's not good. It's not fun because you, you're definitely going to fall behind your peers who are more diversified, who are making income in their portfolio, but it's not the end of the world. However, what if you're 65? What if you're 70? What if you're 75? What if you're 80 plus and you enter a lost decade? Or forget a lost decade. What about a lost five years? Which, by the way, is very normal. That's not abnormal, right? If the stock market doesn't go higher, Every year, almost every quarter, the average investor, and again, this is mostly focusing on baby boomers right now, that is in retirement or going into retirement, if they have a five-year sideways market, it is for most people basically unsustainable. That's sideways. What if they have a drawdown? What if the market, what if, the, what if the S&P drops over a multi-year period? What if? I'm not saying it will, but what if? And there's very little forgiveness, by the way, in retirement. So the portfolio, there's a reason why financial professionals make sure if they're, they follow sort of standard deviation models, that more fixed income is being allocated. And I understand the hesitancy to fixed income. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about buying high yield bonds, right? And at some point, by the way, we'll have a problem probably buying US government debt. But for the time being, I still think we're probably going to be uh, okay for that for the time being. Um, not to scare you too much, but it's about the volatility. So I, I would like everyone that's listening here right now, particularly if you fall into the baby boomer, give or take five or plus minus, maybe almost even 10 years cohort. Think about the risk of your portfolio. If the portfolio drops 30, 40%, and it remains down there for a period of time, like a, a number of years. How is that going to affect your standard of living? What does that mean for you, your dependents, maybe your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, anything, right? I want, I just, what I'm trying to do in this podcast is I'm not trying to scare you in this episode, but I'm trying to make you think. And the Wall Street Journal article to me was the last straw to say, you know what, I need to talk about this publicly. And if it wasn't the Wall Street Journal article, I would have gotten to it anyway, because again, we talk to people every month that come to us and they have portfolios that are insanely correlated to essentially all stocks and even worse to basically just the S&P 500, which yes, the S&P does go higher, but it doesn't go higher every day and every year. So this is a really important point and I hope it's resonating with those people that are willing to listen and think about risk and not only about reward. So if you are a self-directed investor and you tend to be, if you are involved with us over at the Steady Trader, I would really encourage you to diversify your portfolio, diversified away a little bit from stocks, diversified into some fixed income, some gold, some commodities, just anything, right? Diversification. And no, diversification does not mean you take 50% stocks and put it into 50% cryptos, right? This is not an anti-crypto comment. The, pro the problem is it's volatile, right? It's, the whole point of this podcast is the volatility, right? Of this 
episode today, I want to make sure everyone's aware that it's not just about returns. It's about being aware of the volatility that uh, is embedded with the stock market. So with higher reward has to come more volatility. You have to get, you have to get, you have to get rewarded for taking a higher risk, right? You see how that works? You're going to get rewarded less for taking less risk. So paradoxically or ironically right now, you can make five and a half percent risk-free in six month T-bills. If you hold them to maturity, of course, in six months and the risk that that one has to take to make the same amount in stocks is enormously more. Long story short, folks, there is an absolute mania in the stock market when it comes to overly allocation in stocks. I'm not talking about valuations, right? So this is not an anti-stock market comment. I myself in a lot, I'm in a lot of stocks as well, but there is a lot of diversification. So I hope this is for helpful for, for, for you guys that are, again, anyone that's a self-directed investor, if you are interested in getting more diversified and us having a look at your portfolio, come on over to Blue Marlin Advisors. So it's www.bluemarlinadvisor.com. You can click a little link there and we'll happy to talk to you and look at your portfolio and see what's possible in terms of diversification. Hope it helps folks. And we'll see you again in the next Steady Wealth Podcast. Thanks for listening and be well. 